This morning, let's continue discussing and thinking about glory. We started last week, and today we're going to kind of wrap up that, that thought. But I hope that it really begins to transform how we think about things. We said last week, let me give you just a real concise definition, that glory is a person's elevated status. So this person has a status that is elevated, somebody who is important, right? So glory is someone's status, their importance, or a symbol that indicates their elevated status. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus turns glory upside down. Jesus forces us to reimagine what glory looks like. Even if you've never been to a culture before, you would think that you could walk into any town, city, village, country, and you could pick out the important people. Right? You could walk into that city or that village or that town or that country and you could say, that person's important. That person might be royalty. That person is significant. And how would you make that judgment? How would you, how would you make the decision? I bet that's somebody. I bet that's somebody important. I bet that's somebody significant. Maybe you'd make that judgment because there seems to be people crowded around them. They have an entourage. And people with an entourage, those are people with glory. Or maybe you'd say, they've got fancy clothes on. And people that dress real fancy, those are important people. That's a person with glory. Maybe it's somebody that's in a a fancy vehicle. And you say, that's an important person. Because they have glory. That's a significant person. But Jesus turns everything upside down. For Jesus, his exaltation was his execution. And Jesus says, the greatest are actually the least. If you want to be important, then you have to become the servant of all. And best of all, God chooses to rule the world through a meek, humble, selfless, crucified king. So if you walk into Jesus' kingdom and you think you can pick out the people with glory... You think you can pick out the significant people? You better start looking at the floor and the people washing people's feet because that's the people with glory. That's where you'll find the king. And in a kingdom where you find the king on the floor washing feet, in a kingdom where you find the king not with a golden crown on his head but with a crown of thorns on his head, in a kingdom where you find the king not on a beautiful throne but nailed to a cross that is an upside down different kind of kingdom that forces us to reimagine what does it mean to be elevated what does it mean to be important what does it mean to have glory what does it mean to be significant and here's something that i think that we fail to realize when we think about the word glory Sometimes we fail to recognize that God offers to give us glory. So we talked about God's glory, God's significance and importance, God's status as ruler, and then Jesus embodying that glory, his significance, his rulership, his importance. And then as we read through John, as we read through the New Testament, we find that God gives us 
glory. What does that mean? What does it mean that God glorifies us? That God gives us glory? It doesn't mean that God praises us. Sometimes we think glory just means praise. And it doesn't mean that God praises us. And it's more than just God blesses us. It doesn't just mean God blesses us. What does it mean that God gives us glory? Well, if glory is elevated status, if glory is significance, if glory is royalty, that's what it means. That God gives us status. God gives us a position of honor. God gives us significance. God makes us royalty. But then that demands that we re-examine that and that we think about that. What does it look like in Jesus' kingdom to be royal? What does it look like in Jesus' kingdom to be important? What does it look like in Jesus' kingdom to be significant? And, and this idea that God gives us glory, God offers to give us glory, it forces us to make a decision. You've got a moment of truth coming. You've got a choice to make. What is that choice? You can choose between this and something else. And it's a hard choice to make. Let's look at our text that was just read for us this morning. John chapter 5, verse 37. And Jesus is talking to the, the people with glory, right, in his culture, which were who? The leaders and the rulers in Jerusalem, right? In the Jewish culture in Jerusalem, these were the people with glory. These were the people with honor and significance. If you walked into Jerusalem, even not speaking the language, even from being 2,000 years in the future, if you got into a time machine and went back to Jerusalem, you'd be able to pick out the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rulers in the Sanhedrin. you say, I bet those guys. I see how everybody looks at them. I see the clothes that they're wearing. I see how they carry themselves. I, I, I can look at them and I can tell those are people with glory. Those are people that are significant. Listen to what Jesus says. The Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. But his voice you have never heard, and his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. All throughout John, all throughout all of the gospel accounts, that if you don't recognize Jesus, you don't recognize God. If you don't know that this is God in the flesh, if you can look at the things Jesus is doing and listen to the words Jesus is saying and see what Jesus is willing to do to save his people, then you don't really know God. And the fact that they could look at Jesus and say, you don't measure up to what we think a king should be. You don't measure up to how we think a king should act. You don't talk like we think a king should talk. You don't go through the right avenues. You don't do things the right way as we see fit. So we don't accept you as king. That proves that they don't know anything about God's type of king. And that's exactly what he's saying to the people that are in charge. The people that think they're significant. The people that think they have honor. The people that think that they have glory. Jesus is saying to these religious leaders... You don't really know God because you don't recognize me. Verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think 
that in them you have eternal life. But it's they that bear witness about me. You, you know the scriptures and you've read the law of Moses and you've read the prophets and you've read all of these things and you know it forwards and backwards and you search it diligently because you think that in the scriptures you have eternal life. But when the word, who is Jesus, shows up in the flesh, you don't recognize me because you don't know God. And the scriptures bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have eternal life. Now listen to verse 41. Listen to these words. I do not receive, what? Glory from people. Now, Jesus has to mean more than just honor or praise, right? Because Jesus does receive honor and praise from people, right? His disciples and his apostles, they praised him and honored him, and he accepted that because it was true and right. So Jesus doesn't mean I don't receive praise from people or I don't receive honor from people. He's saying I don't receive glory from people. I don't receive my status from people. I'm not king because you voted for me. I'm not the Messiah because you like me. I don't hold the position that I hold because you pick me or because you choose me or because you vote for me. I don't need your acceptance. I don't need you to vote for me. I don't need you to like me. I don't need you to accept me. I don't need you to believe in me for me to have a position of honor and significance, for me to be the Messiah, for me to be the ruler. I don't, I don't need you to put me in that position. I don't, I don't have my status because of what you say. And my status can't be taken away from me because of what you say. Verse 42, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. But if another comes in his own name, you'll receive him. Then he asked this, How can you believe when you receive glory from one another? (laughs) That's really honing in on the issue, isn't it? All of these people, all of these rulers, these religious elites, these significant people, as they saw themselves, where did their status come from? Each other, right? Each other. They played by their own rules. And they received glory from each other. Their status, their importance, their honor, their position in the community came from each other. They bestowed it on each other and they could take it away from each other. And there were people, even within that religious community, even within the religious leaders who said, I'm pretty sure that this Jesus guy is the Messiah. But they were terrified to say it. Why? because they didn't want their glory taken away. Those other men within their religious group, those other men within that circle, they gave the glory to them and they could take it away. They gave them their status, they gave them their importance, and they could take it away. And that's why they couldn't believe. They couldn't afford to believe in Jesus. They couldn't afford to say, I'm going to follow you, because they didn't want their glory taken away. But Jesus says, I don't, I don't receive glory like that. I don't receive glory from people. My status, my position, my authority, my 
elevated status to rule doesn't doesn't come from people. I didn't receive that glory from people. You you didn't give it to me. You can't take it away. But all y'all, you you gave each other that glory. And that's why you can't afford to believe in me because you want glory from each other rather than how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? You have a choice to make. You can seek the importance and the status, the glory that comes from people who bestow it on you and say, you're important, you're significant, you you have a position now, you're an important person, and they can also take it from you. You can seek that, and when you do, when you put all of your hopes on that, you say, hey, they all think I'm important. They all think I'm significant, and I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that. Or you can seek the glory that comes from the only God. And God says, I'm giving you a place of importance. I'm giving you a place of honor. I'm giving you a place of significance. And do you see why it was easier for the people on the bottom rung of society to seek that glory than it was for the people on the top? Whether it was the people that were rich, the people that had the the inside, that were part of the inside group, the people that were the religious leaders, it was hard for them to say, I don't care about the glory that comes from man. I want the glory that comes from God. I mean, that makes us stop and think for a second, doesn't it? Do we seek glory that comes from people? How is it that people bestow glory on us? Why is it that we think that a person with a nice set of clothes is more important than a person without a nice set of clothes? Why do we think that way? Why do we think that a person that drives a certain kind of car is more important than a person who doesn't? Why is it that we think that a person who owns the company is more important than a person who washes the floor of that business? Why is it that we, it's us, isn't it? It's us that bestows that glory. It's society, it's culture, it's the group that places that glory and significance and importance on certain types of people. And the people that give it can take it. And we know that, don't we? And we want to be seen as important. We want those status symbols. We want culture or our group or our family or our people to say you're important, you're significant, you have a position of honor. But then when they give it to us, we're terrified that they're going to take it away from us. We're afraid to step out of line and say something that somebody doesn't like because if they don't like it, they'll take away our glory. They'll take away our position of honor and status and that's what these men are afraid of. Don't take my glory away from me. And in every culture, in our culture, in our society, in our mind, in our heart, it is so easy to seek the glory that comes from man. But Jesus says, my position, my status, my authority, my glory... I didn't receive it from anybody. I don't need you to accept me. I don't need you to like me. 
I don't need you to approve of me. My father approves of me. My father gave me glory. My father gave me status. And he would give you glory. And he would give you status. And he would give you importance if you would seek it from him. But you don't. You seek it from people. You seek it from each other. How relevant is that for me? For you? For all of us? Not to seek the glory that comes from man, but the glory that comes from God. So what does that mean? How do you seek the glory that comes from God? How does God give people glory? status, importance. Well, go back to the very beginning of the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. It all goes back to the prologue. He tells you in the first 18 verses what this whole book is going to be about. He says in verses 12 and 13, but to all who did receive Jesus, the embodied word of God, who believed in Jesus' name, he gave the right he gave the right to become what? Children of whom? God. That's glory. That's glory. You become a part of the family of God. You become a child of God. You become a child of Yahweh. Not because of who your mom was or your dad was. Not because of your lineage. Not because of who you're a descendant from. Not because you're Gentile. Not because you're Jewish. They were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God gives this status. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my child. You're my offspring. You're my family. And it's Jesus who brings us into that family. It's Jesus who gives us the right to be called children of God. And I know we've, we've heard that, and we've probably heard that our whole lives, children of God. And so it's sort of lost its ring to it. But who your parents are matters. And in this case, your parent is God. You are a part of God's family if you receive Jesus. If you believe in him, follow him. And that means you allow him to redefine in your mind and your heart what does it mean and what does it look like to be an important person. It looks like humility and it looks like selflessness. It looks like self-giving love. It looks like faithfulness. The people that don't know God say I'm important because the people who sold me this suit say I'm important. I'm important because the people who sold me this car said now I'm important. I'm important because the people who gave me this job said this is the kind of a job that an important person has. The people that don't know God think that those are the kinds of things that bestows glory and honor and significance on people. But Jesus says, listen, if you follow me, if you follow me and accept what I'm giving to you, God will give you glory. God will make you his children. Look at John 17 and verse 22. Near the end of the book, near the end of the gospel of John, Jesus is praying and he prays to his father. The glory that you have given me, the status 
the authority, the position that you have given me, I have given to who? Them, my disciples. My position of being your child, now I bestow that glory on them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. By becoming a follower of Jesus, being a part of the family of God, part of the followers of Jesus, we become a part of the glorified people of God, the people that are called God's children, royalty, status, honor, importance, not as the world defines those things, and not because the world says those things about you, because the world will likely say, you're not important, and you're not significant, and you're not royalty. But the question is, whose opinion do you care about? The world says that's not what royalty looks like. That's not how royalty acts. Royalty doesn't wash feet. Royalty doesn't die for someone else. Royalty makes someone else die for them. And God says, no, 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 no. I want to redefine royalty. I want to redefine status. I want to redefine importance. I want to redefine glory. What does it look like to be royal? What does it look like to be important? What does it look like to be significant? And Jesus shows us those things and says, Father, the glory that you've given to me, I'm giving to them so that the world will know that you sent me. Listen to the way Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, because he's on the same page that Jesus is and John is. Paul says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, what? Children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Jesus has become our brother so that the glory bestowed on him he might give to his people. But listen, provided we, what? Suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the path to glory. This is what royalty looks like. This is what significance looks like. Willingness to suffer with Jesus. A willingness to leverage all that we have for the sake of others. Selflessness, humility, love. This is what significance and status and royalty and honor and glory look like in the kingdom of God. It's not what the world says. The world says exactly the opposite, and they always have, and they always will. They will always say, that, you don't understand. That's not what important people look like. 
Important people aren't the people on the floor washing feet. That's not important people. And Jesus says, yes, it is. And if you follow me to the floor and you follow me to the cross, if you follow me to the service and you follow me to the selflessness, I will give you glory like you can't imagine. And you have to decide if you'll seek the glory that comes from God or the glory that comes from man. So that's our moment of truth question. Are you seeking glory from God or from man? We, we all want to be important, don't we? We all want to be significant. We all want, to, we all want a purpose in life, a position where we make a difference. We have significance. We have to allow that to be defined by God rather than by Man, when man gives you your glory, he can take it away from you. It's easy to accept the glory. When somebody says, listen, you're important because you're beautiful. You are so important because you're fit and you're beautiful. Or you're important because you're rich. Or you're important because you're funny. Or you're important because you're, you're fun to be around. What happens when you're not anymore? Or they don't think you are anymore then they take it away from you. It's easy to accept it and to say, yes, I am. Thank you very much. I'm important because I'm whatever. Jesus says, I don't receive glory from man and neither should you. Where does your sense of significance come from? Where does your sense of belonging come from? Where does your sense of honor come from? Is it because somebody likes you? Is it because your, your post on social media got a lot of attention? Is it because your boss thinks you're good? Is it because your spouse thinks something of you? Who is giving you your glory? Is it man or is it God? That's what Romans 8 is all about. If God is the one who gives you your glory, if your glory, if your sense of significance and importance and honor comes from God, comes from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, then nothing can take it away from you. Not famine or darkness or sword or anything else can take it away from you, the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Are you seeking the glory from God or from man? That's the sort of thing we're pledging ourselves to when we're baptized, isn't it? I surrender. This pursuit, this pursuit of glory from man, it's hopeless. It's vanity. And I'm done. And I surrender to you. As Paul says in Galatians, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm dead. I'm done. And now I only want the status and the importance and the significance, the sonship or the daughtership that comes from God. And that's what he gives you when you pledge your life to Jesus. He makes you his child. He causes you to be born again, to be adopted into his family, to become royalty, to become a royal priesthood. And that's what you are if you choose to receive it and seek it 
and accept it. Maybe you need prayers this morning. Maybe you're ready to become a follower of Jesus. Maybe you need to come back home. Maybe you need your brothers and sisters in Christ to help you, to pray with you, because I know we all do. Need somebody to pray with us and pray for us that we start seeking or continue seeking the glory that comes from God rather than the glory that comes from man. So if we can help you in any way this morning, now's a great opportunity. Come forward as we stand and sing.